Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Hi, listeners. In this episode, you'll hear about the FDA's new pilot, the future of the interoperable drug supply chain on blockchain. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Dwight DeVera. Dwight is the founder and CEO of RX Transparent, which is the nation's leading platform for healthcare drug provenance. RX Transparent is focused on lowering the cost of healthcare delivery by reducing consumers' costs of drug supply by allowing healthcare organizations to put a finger on the pulse of their drug supply costs by securing the supply chains and advanced analytics. Uh, He's been recognized nationally as an expert in healthcare analytics and the drug supply chain. And Mr. DeVera is the recipient of many healthcare and technology industry awards and accolades, and his work has been featured in several industry publications. Mr. DeVera is frequently asked to represent the drug dispensing community at regulatory meetings and industry events, specifically focused on drug data standards and DSCSA, or the Drug Supply Chain and Security Act. In 2018, the FDA asked Mr. DeVera to testify at a hearing about the future format of the National Drug Code, or NDC. And he regularly hosts the Drug Supply Chain and DSCSA Thought Leadership Seminars and contributes content as an expert in pharmacy education, distance learning environments. Dwight, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. I'm excited to be here. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, if you can fill in any gaps from that intro or, or share a little something something personal for our audience. Yeah, I mean, I think pretty comprehensive about uh, my background and, and personally, but I think the, the reason uh, we're in this business, I'm in this business is in this space, drug supply chain security and managing uh, drug supply, many of the solutions and, and things that have been out there have been focused on the needs of drug manufacturers and, and drug wholesalers, but there hasn't been a lot of focus on pharmacists and, and the drug dispensing community. And really, our focus is to really solve some of these intractable problems, which are data slash regulatory problems, and then as well as develop and deliver some uh, advanced analytics like early warning systems for drug shortages uh, or even helping them comply with, say, like USP 800, which is an up-and-coming hot topic. Awesome. Thanks for sharing a little bit about that. And and are you based uh, near the D.C. area? Yeah, our offices or my office is outside of Philly. It's a quick ride uh, to the regulators down in D.C. So I've I've been at meetings at FDA, even in meetings with the commissioner. And then we also have another another office in uh, Silicon Valley where uh, we build the software. 
Wonderful. It's always nice to know where in the world our, our guests are uh, talking from. So, uh, so Dwight, what is the FDA interoperable drug supply chain pilot? Uh, tell a little bit more about that and, and what is it? Why are they doing that? Well, FDA in particular, when they ratified uh, or Congress ratified the Drug Supply Chain Security Act in 2013, they had a very aspirational goal that one day, about 10 years later, 2023, we'll have a transparent and interoperable drug supply chain that uh, pharmacy drug transparency will be equivalent to what we're seeing now in, say, the consumer packaged goods industry. And then we will fully understand uh, where drug product is, uh, how it's being utilized, and we'll be able to do things efficiently like investigate possible issues with counterfeits and illegitimate product, as well as manage uh, recalls uh, efficiently, which is far from efficient today. And so they came up with a program this year, just a couple of weeks ago, where they would like industry participants like us to conduct pilot projects uh, to look into the crystal ball in the future and how this will actually work. So they they submitted or, or asked for proposals a couple of weeks ago. We submitted a proposal with five other companies, uh, SysTech, T-Systems, and uh, a couple of other analytics providers and, and blockchain providers. You know, We're expecting to hear momentarily and shortly of whether we've been accepted, and uh, we'll conduct a pilot along probably with about a five other uh, or six other types of uh, organizations to showcase what's possible in the drug supply chain, even with technology that exists today. And when they first thought about this act or trying to come up with this in 2013, many of the technologies were very nascent and possibly didn't even exist. And I think one of the big topics we want to talk about is all of us are proposing that we do this using this emerging technology called blockchain. Wonderful. And so, Dwight, I think the the title, I guess, of that pilot is so the interoperable uh, drug supply chain pilot because, you know, we've the healthcare system has been dealing with that for quite a while. You've got you know manufacturers that use one proprietary system and wholesalers that use another, and and you know even pharmacies that that may use another. So the importance of being able to share information in a, a good format where everyone um, gets the same information or, you know, gets the information that they need, I guess I'll say it like that, is, is just so important. So excited to see how that pilot goes. So Dwight, what do you see the pharmacy community needing to do today about DSCSA and what do they need to do in the future? Because there are several different milestones involved with this uh, implementation process. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So so today from a drug supply chain security perspective, there, there are some parts of this regulation that absolutely affects pharmacists today. And uh, the first big thing that everyone saw at the end of last year in November, you saw the, the new barcode and the new label appear on uh, most drug products and, and all drug products going forward will have the new barcode and label. And many times when people think of DSCSA, they, they say the phrase track and trace. And, and DSCSA is, is actually much more than track and trace for pharmacists today. You need to 
actually certify that your trading partners, your wholesalers, uh, suppliers are in good standing. They're in good standing with FDA and even with your state boards of pharmacy. Uh, you need to be able to do the, uh, the cliche track and trace elements of the act. So hold six years of your data uh, and have it readily available uh, and also respond to requests from FDA, state boards, or any other party uh, within 48 hours of the request. And then finally, today, the requirement is that you have the ability to report a suspect or illegitimate drug product uh, within 24 hours of identifying uh, that there's some issue with the product. And, and there has been enforcement actions by FDA recently uh, against McKesson and involved uh, some pharmacies, uh, a couple of Rite Aids, where they actually uh, found some illegitimate drug product. It was uh, a Schedule II uh, narcotic, and just the way it unfolded was not uh, ideally. Now, in the future, the way uh, DSCSA is envisioned in 2023, this interoperable future really involves hundreds of thousands of organizations uh, playing well with each other and, and interacting in an interoperable way, not necessarily being on the same system, but being able to cooperate. And some of those timelines that I mentioned a little earlier, that you have roughly two days to respond to a request from, say, FDA, uh, those timelines uh, really shrink down to, uh, for the most part, instantaneous. And being instantaneous is a, a far and a, a much bigger challenge than having roughly 48 hours to come up with a response. Today, there are even some systems or some organizations that are using paper-based systems and managing hundreds of thousands or, or possibly millions of pieces of papers, or pay, pedigrees, just really won't work in the future. And, and hence, this is why about halfway through this timeline for DSCSA, FDA wants to see uh, and look into the crystal ball to see, well, how are we going to pull this off in 2023 when it when it all goes live? Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Sure. Yeah. Very complex. So Dwight, um, you know, you, you mentioned blockchain earlier and that's the solution that uh, you and and your partners have chosen to um, move forward with and to demonstrate through this pilot. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, just a super brief because uh, in case any of our listeners do not know what blockchain is, uh, why use blockchain and tell us about the challenges of creating an interoperable environment for the pharmacy drug supply chain? Oh, well, absolutely. So, so blockchain is, it's an emergent technology. Uh, some of the technology being used today is it's electronic data interchange. It was a technology developed in the seventies before we invented the internet. And, and since then we invented the internet and blockchain is really just a natural toolkit that will, we believe, and, and many organizations, big technology organizations believe, can solve this drug supply chain transparency issue. 
Now, we're not going to get into the the nuts and bolts of blockchain. We're not going to talk about how it actually works, but some of the the capabilities naturally uh, align with our goals of getting hundreds of thousands of institutions to interoperate. Uh, one thing about blockchain is it's distributed. So the the final network isn't owned by one entity. All the data isn't all uh, in one place. It allows us to kind of spread the load and the responsibility across uh, many different stakeholders, but it's also rules-based. So there are rules as to who gets access to what, and, and sometimes this data, drug supply chain, pharmacy, uh, spend data, sales out data, things like that, it's incredibly sensitive for everybody involved. So many of my customers, some of the largest health systems in the, the nation, don't want drug companies knowing what they're purchasing and and really what quantities and what products they're actually purchasing. And the drug companies themselves don't necessarily want their competitors to even see uh, really uh, what their sales are, or what their volumes are, if this were all in one place. So the blockchain architecture allows us to do that. So it's secure, it's distributed, uh, it's been proven out uh, through many use cases. Sometimes these use cases uh, seem a little nefarious, like some of the things that we see in, in cryptocurrencies. It's a uh, an existing thing. And then uh, the data that actually trans, uh, is transacted on the blockchain is absolutely encrypted. So it's there's nothing I can say that's unhackable, but it is as close to unhackable uh, as possible. And since it's a very democratizing type of technology, it's not really owned by anyone, but it is going to be owned by everyone, has this ability to be enterprise scale. Uh, it's really a, a way where we can do it. Now, in particular, there are some challenges. Many people don't necessarily realize that there are only about a thousand drug companies in the United States. Uh, maybe only uh, half of those actually are actively uh, producing drug products. There are a couple of hundred wholesalers that are registered in the United States, but there are over, at our count, more than 300,000, probably closer to a little less than half a million drug dispensers, uh, pharmacies, every point where, where drugs are dispensed to patients from a location perspective. So it's a big network. It's a big challenge. And in particular, if you looked at how many drug transactions actually occur in a given year, it's probably closer to 4 billion transactions. So at 4 billion transactions, uh, hundreds of thousands of potential participants. And uh, one thing that's uh, reality, because I think many pharmacists who listen to this podcast uh, know this, that, hey, we get drug deliveries in the morning. So it's a lot busier in the morning uh, or really just as folks are kind of walking into the pharmacy uh, versus, you know, kind of in the middle of the day or, or um, later in the day. So the network or, or this system uh, that um, eventually needs to be uh, stood up needs to process somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 transactions a second. So, so there are some actual computational technological challenges to, to pulling this off. And, and I think FDA is doing a good job with uh, asking industry, asking organizations like ours, Rx Transparent and other organizations to kind of prove that it'll work before we actually have to do it uh, a couple of years from now or four years from now. So there are steps between here and there. One thing that I think the audience uh, needs to hear about is one of the 
requirements of drug supply chain security is that at the end of this year in 2019, all saleable returns, products that the pharmacy is returning to the wholesaler that are going to be resold and the pharmacy will get credit for, will be ensnared by and required by the Drug Supply Chain Security Act to go through a verification by the drug manufacturer. And what that really means is that the drug manufacturer, say like a Johnson & Johnson or a Merck, uh, would need to verify the serial number, the lot number, the expiration date, and some other data elements for every drug package that's actually returned. And and the over-under number or the estimated number is that there are 60 million drug returns that occur in any given year. And there is going to be an unfortunate feature that many listeners of the podcast will experience where, hey, starting in November and beyond November of 19, we're going to start to get less credit because some of these serialization or some of these verifications that the drug manufacturers need to do won't actually work, that there's going to be a, a scanning problem, a packaging problem. And once that occurs, you can't actually return the product from a legal perspective. The wholesaler will not be able to continue that product's journey and, and the credit won't be processed back to the pharmacy. But this is really the, the first step this year where we're going to test blockchain in particular. There are several vendors uh, and solutions that are blockchain systems like the MetaLedger project, which are collaborating together to try to manage 60 million saleable drug returns this year. And then we're going to look at all of the feedback as an industry and collect the lessons learned and then kind of input those lessons learned into what eventually we will build for uh, the interoperable uh, future drug supply chain. And, And there are some benefits, there are some significant benefits that will occur when we do stand up a network like this. From a regulatory perspective, uh, we'll be able to do things like streamline the drug recall process, because I think everyone on the podcast agrees that the recall process is somewhat broken, that when a recall actually occurs, it seems like it comes out on a Friday afternoon. It, it seems like the FDA is just kind of shouting into the rain that, hey, by the way, we, uh, we recalled this product. You may or may not have bought it, and now you have to tear apart the pharmacy to figure out whether you even have it. Uh, So in the future, that will be absolutely streamlined. For the regulators, you'll get things like they'll have an incredible ability to identify fraud uh, in the future due to new technologies in this interoperable drug supply chain. But what we will all gain is insight into where drug inventory is and how we can efficiently operate with drug products so that we will all waste less, return less, and streamline drug supply really for all parties involved. So the manufacturers can get more efficient from an inventory management perspective. Uh, The pharmacies in particular, all the listeners of this podcast and pharmacists uh, will be in a position to have greater control or like we say, put a finger on the pulse of their drug supply chain uh, to have control over where product is and how product is moving uh, between pharmacies and throughout the network. And the regulators will be happy because they'll have finer grain control for conducting investigations uh, and then identifying problems in the supply chain way ahead of time without affecting, say, thousands of institutions when a, a product gets recalled. 
Right. Well, Dwight, it is it is a very complex process as you've well described, and I so appreciate um, you know people like you and and you know your company and working very closely with others and the FDA to help identify some of these solutions. And I love what you said about you know blockchain being this new technology, kind of like you know, when the internet came out, we didn't really know what that was, but um, it certainly changed, uh, been able to cha- make huge changes. And I remember when I first heard about blockchain, this was about two or three years ago at a HEMS conference in Nashville and thinking, yep, this is going to be a big deal, kind of like the internet. So very exciting to see what's going on. So Dwight, tell us how will um, the industry find out about the results of this pilot project? So our intention is to be communicating to not only our customers and and our constituents in the pilot, uh, really throughout our pilot process, uh, but also producing things like uh, public webinars, seminars, podcasts uh, about how it's going, uh, what our lessons learned uh, are, simply because the the future of the drug supply chain won't work in a vacuum. There, there won't be one company that runs the drug supply chain, even though there are some companies that believe that they will be that company. I mean, there are too many personalities. There are too many entities. There are too many stakeholders. And it's a big network, hundreds of thousands of institutions trying to operate and coordinate to accomplish a task. So it's not a an easy task or a small task in particular. In fact, the the commissioner of FDA uh, in a public statement once said that he realizes it isn't easy, but uh, he gave us all a challenge of saying, hey, we just got to get this done. Now, besides the, the public venues and besides the report outs, I'm confident that uh, FDA will also uh, be showcasing and uh, reporting out uh, the way we've constructed our pilot. Uh, and anybody uh, who wants to uh, see our findings, we certainly are going to make them public as well. We are going to, in our first phase, blueprint what we call a academically perfect drug supply chain would be given all the constraints. Uh, and all those constraints are industry standards, technical limitations, uh, stakeholder uh, points of view, plus regulatory requirements. And we're going to produce about two months from when our pilot kicks off, it'll probably kick off in in early April or sometime in April once we find out from FDA uh, about the approval process. We'll be producing a fairly comprehensive blueprint and white paper as to uh, what we believe the interoperable drug supply chain will be. We'll publish that uh, to really the industry, the world, uh, probably also hold another uh, you know webinar summary of findings. And then we're going to work closely with FDA to ask them, well, what would they like us to simulate and try? Because uh, the partners that we're working with, uh, organizations like Systex and T-Systems, have a, the ability to generate millions of transactions and, and stand it up for real. So our platform, one of the leading platforms for provenance and track and trace, along with uh, organizations that can produce simulated drug supply transactions, can really test that out. And we can test all the scenarios in the drug supply chain, like well, what if a product just gets simply shipped? What if it gets returned? What if it went through two different wholesaler stops before it got to the pharmacy? And then even scenarios like, what if it were stolen? What if it were diverted? What if it got, uh, there's some things we're going to be including in our pilot, like 
uh, cold chain scenarios. What if it got too hot or too cold? Because the drug products that everyone on this podcast are uh, dealing with now, the, the future of drug supply and drug products are biologics, right? So they're these specialty drug products, which are, first of all, I think everyone agrees that they're much more expensive. But second of all, they're, they're much more fragile. It's, it's no longer about uh, grinding some substance into a pill or a capsule and then uh, shipping it uh, down the lane that, you know, if it gets too hot or if it gets too cold or possibly even uh, reaches some kind of altitude threshold or is exposed to light, it may become less effective. And so in our pilot, these are some of the scenarios that we've been working on to uh, incorporate, trying to come up with a a comprehensive statement to the industry. We're more than willing. We're, we're a firm believer in gathering feedback. And if we can gather feedback uh, from the industry, make the system better, this is how we will we will all benefit because nobody, not us and, and not a single company, uh, not even some of the biggest technology companies in the world will control the drug supply chain. So interoperability and being able to work together is going to be the key to success here. Absolutely. And of course, staying up to date as changes roll out. So Dwight, so great to have you on the podcast to share about the work that you're doing. I've got all the links uh, that will be in the show notes um, to follow along, rxtransparent.com and a couple of different other places where all of this information will be shared and, and updated as the pilot moves along. So Dwight, it was a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hillary, it is uh, absolutely my pleasure. And I want to thank you uh, for allowing me part of, you know, really this series. Uh, one thing is uh, I'm an active listener of the podcast. So it's a, it's very, it's a very different experience to be on a podcast that you actively listen to. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist. If you want to check out the show notes, visit www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And another special thanks to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief, which has a CE available over at Pharmacy Times. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 